Welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 75. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. Well, this week, I've been dying a lot in Returnal, a new bullet hell roguelike from Housemark. I've also been checking out the game you control by blinking called Before Your Eyes, and finding out it's more than just a gimmick. I'm also looking forward to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, given the recent focus in Sony's state of play. There's a packed show full of info, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and having a good week. Now, I'm good this week, and it's been a big week for me personally, as this past Friday, I got married to the love of my life. So I'd like to dedicate this show to my wonderful wife, Annie. It was a great day with a few friends. It was on the smaller side of things due to COVID, but it was intimate and a really, really good day overall. Well, also this past week, we had another state of play from Sony, which was a little bit of news about Among Us. But the main event was showing off Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and I'll get into my thoughts on that one later on in the show, where I'm going to be rounding up all of the info that we know so far, looking forward to its release on June the 11th, 2021. Well, before we get into the meat of the show, I wanted to plug the podcast Patreon, so you can send in your questions and your stories for the community section of the podcast by signing up to Patreon, and for as little as $2 a month, which is less than a cup of coffee, you can sign up to Patreon and you can access exclusive Discord rooms, send your questions and comments to be read out on the This Week in Video Games podcast, and you get access to exclusive content and early access too. So there's plenty of benefits over there on Patreon, plus you get to support the show and help This Week in Video Games become a little bit more self-sufficient. Well, that is enough intro waffle from me, so let's get into what I've been playing this week. Well, this week I've been playing plenty of Returnal, and it's a great new game from Housemark, and one that shows off the power of the PS5. So we're still in a world where we don't really have many next-generation games, but this sure is one of them. I've also been playing Before Your Eyes, a narrative game that you can play by blinking. And it does sound strange, but it's really, really effective, and the story is going to grab you right by the heart, so I definitely recommend this one. And I'll bring you my review of that one later on in the show. I've also been playing Tetris Effect Connected, which is a multiplayer build on the excellent Tetris Effect, and this one is available on Game Pass, and I also wanted to round up 10 of the best indie games on Game Pass for you to check out, so there should be plenty on the show for everyone. What you can do, you can pick and choose the bits that you like down there with the timestamps, you can find that in the description or the show notes, so if you want to skip around a bit, be my guest. But first of all this week, let's jump into my review of Returnal. Well, Returnal is a new PlayStation 5 exclusive from Housemark, and it's a punishing, interesting game filled with euphoric highs, jump scares, and dramatic low points too. And it's one of the best demonstrations of the PS5 to date, in particular with fantastic audio design that's rarely experienced anywhere else. You know, this is a game that's going to divide the crowds for sure, but it's one that you simply have to try. There's a decent mix of genres in Returnal, so one minute you're exploring and platforming, next minute you're in a bullet hell style battle with, with an enemy with tentacles thrashing and threatening instant death. There's the infinite loop of the roguelike genre, which many more will be familiar with since Hades broke through in 2020. And Returnal has definitely got layers, and you have to dig pretty deep and work hard with your skill and timing to find out everything that this game has to offer. 
Now, Housemark isn't new to the bullet hell style game. However, this does feel like the studio is making their grand entrance onto the AAA stage, having been put front and center by Sony. Returnal was featured as one of the games of the Summer of Gaming Showcase last year, and it was also shown off with the first glimpse of the console itself, so that just goes to show how much Sony is back in this game. It's interesting because there's been a lot of news and reporting along the lines of Sony taking fewer risks and investing in their big AAA releases. But Returnal is a really, really good response from Sony as a rebuttal to this theory. So Returnal most likely isn't going to be for the mainstream audience. You know, similar to when Dark Souls first came out, this is a punishingly hard game, one that would turn many people off almost immediately. But much like Dark Souls before it, the victory in the face of this difficulty and risk for players reaps massive rewards. Well, Housemark have been here before with games like Resogun and Next Machina. Returnal feels bigger in size and scale and scope, though, and are helped out by the third-person point of view behind our main character, Celine. The game seamlessly moves between exploration and punishing action against a terrifying array of monsters, and Returnal is a roguelike by design, as in when you die, you're sent back to the very start of the game, and then the world reconfigures itself in front of you, and you'll get to keep a few select items when you die, but on the main, you lose everything and start from scratch. It's definitely one not for the faint of heart. So as well as the roguelite elements, it's also a metroidvania. We have to explore a map and find power-ups after defeating bosses to help you get to new areas of that map. And there's a little bit more than a dash of Metroid in here. So there's a female protagonist inside a spacesuit wielding a wide array of weapons. And it's almost what you would have got if From Software got their hands on a Nintendo IP, which is meant as a massive compliment to Housemark. Returnal has its fair share of horror too. You know, one minute you're going to be confidently walking around an area, then all of a sudden you'll be grabbed off the ground by some tentacles and hoisted into the air. Or a monster is going to stalk you and scream in rage in an effort to scare you off, as well as towering, thin, creepy humanoids appearing right next to you. And everything is always going to be firing a massive and fast array of projectiles at you. There's a lot here to process, but it comes together really nicely to provide a new and exciting experience. The story in the game unfolds as time and runs go by. You know, when you first boot up the game, the main character, Selene, is in a ship. She's trying to land on a distant planet, and the landing goes badly wrong. She crashes, gets out of the ship, and then proceeds to explore. The environment is dangerous, it's dark, and everything is kind of reaching to grab you. It reminded me of, darker, it reminded me of a darker version of Pandora from Avatar, where the entire environment just wants to kill you. Now, moments after leaving the ship, Selene comes across a fallen pilot wearing the same suit as her, and she rolls the body over to reveal her own nameplate. Selene has found herself, and she's not sure why. There's some audio notes left behind, and another Selene describes returning, waking and exploring, plus meeting other dead versions of herself, just like you're doing now. There's traces of another race, as well as the array of monsters trying to kill you at all times. Celine is trying to find the mysterious broadcast signal. The world, however, is doing its best to stop her and provides as many deadly roadblocks as possible. There's plenty of unanswered questions here too. For example, why does Celine keep waking up back at her ship after death? There's a strange house in the middle of the first biome, one seemingly from Celine's memories, but it also appears physically to be there in front of her. You know, the messages from dead Celine's increasingly become madder as the other versions of her are losing the plot. And surely, it's only a matter of time before she descends into madness too. 
adding to the visual and narrative environment in the game is the masterful audio design. You know, the sounds of the environment, the guttural screams of the beasts, footsteps in the mud and the pitter-patter of raindrops in her suit, which you can also feel through the DualSense controller, thanks to the haptic feedback integration of the PS5. Well, the game is best experienced with the headphones on, and I take my hat off to the audio design team, as it's some of the best I've ever heard. Returnal gets a lot right. You know, the visuals are stunning. As a science fiction fan, the world design is really, really cool. You know, it feels inspired by Ridley Scott's Alien and Prometheus. The environment is deadly, and it wants you to know that with every sense. Your eyes, your ears, and your fingers too. There are six biomes to explore, each with a boss at the end, and you have to beat that boss to get to the next biome. And if you die just once, you're right back at the beginning, and the world in front of you reconfigures itself, so no two runs are ever going to be the same. And each biome is made up of a series of rooms, all of which lead you to the boss via some discovery paths. And on the side, there's power-ups, weapon upgrades, and audio messages to discover. There's always a sense of risk when running through Returnal. You know, walk into a room, some doors will close behind you and be locked in there with four or five enemies hell-bent on trying to kill you, and the doors aren't going to open until you've killed them off. Sometimes there's shining things on the floor and you'll go over there to pick it up only to fall through a trapdoor. There's a tantalising shiny object on the ground below some tentacles and then they try and squeeze the life out of you. It's just all really deadly and quite scary. And then there's the massive eyes that shoot lasers down on you from above. You know, Returnal is a game that's always going to keep you on your toes. There's a nervous energy rising whenever you have that controller in your hands. You know, Housemarks certainly have drawn an emotional response from me and I have to say I really, really like it. Returnal is probably its most challenging during the combat sequences, so the genre is hard to pin down. It feels new, but it's a combination of like a bullet hell and third-person shooter. So Celine has rapid movement, and it feels good to run, jump, and dash. And you're going to need all these skills plus precision reflexes to last more than a few minutes in the world of Returnal. So together with Celine's skills, there's an array of weapons from sidearms to alien weapons like carbines, shotguns and much more too. It all can be fired by aiming the left trigger and firing with the right, but the adaptive triggers do come into play with the alternate firing mode partially holding down the left trigger. This can be a little bit tricky at first, but it does become second nature quite quickly, you know. The array of guns are really impressive, and the secondary fire mode often fires off projectiles, lightning or a miniature bomb to kill whatever monster with huge tentacles happens to be in your way at that time. Well, make no mistake, Returnal is tough. You know, there's going to be moments where you put the controller down and sigh. Having just died after a run lasting a few hours or so, sometimes there's so much going on, it's hard to know where to jump and dash. And the only course of action is to instinctively mash the buttons until you either make your escape or die. In Returnal is a game that has once again opened the debate on difficulty of games, with many commenters coming out on Twitter over release weekend saying an array of things like it's too hard, or there should be checkpoints or save states, and all of which are valid points. However, part of me thinks Housemark are just sitting back there checking this out and perhaps wryly smiling to themselves. They certainly have stirred up the debate for sure, you know. It's going to be interesting to see the sales figures for Returnal, but in the past five days this game has dominated the conversation on Twitter. It's going to be interesting to see what the general public think of it. Now, I've seen all kinds of feedback related to the difficulty, and I'd imagine you're going to need plenty of time to sink into this one to experience everything it has to offer. But I think it's going to be a worthwhile experience, as it's great to see something like this, you know, something that has its own identity so early in the life cycle of the generation. 
There have been a few bugs at launch which have plagued the game, and I'm sure I'm sure this will be mopped up with a post-launch patch very soon, but I've seen some people lose hours worth of progress due to crashes and also auto-updates from the PS5. You know, given there's no saving or pausing, you either have to finish up your run or go back to the very start. It's just that simple. Now, games where you can't pause aren't always the most friendly, especially in this day and age where we've got kids at home, have to answer the door for some reason, or a whole host of other things. You know, maybe the phone will go, and it would be nice to have some kind of state where you can kind of put it down and then pick it back up. But Housemark have their reasons, and it'll be interesting to see what they do in the face of this feedback, if anything. You know, part of me wants them to stick to their guns, albeit fix up these game-breaking crashes, as they are a little bit unfortunate. Well, Returnal is an endurance test of a video game. You know, in the early hours, you're in discovery mode, learning about the planet, the monsters, the attack patterns, and staring in wonder at most things in the game. As time goes by, the game becomes more punishing. It will take a particular type of player to want to jump back in time and time again. Now, if you like this style of game, or if any of the above sounds like it's for you, then I'd fully recommend Returnal. So it's a truly next-generation game and shows off the wide array that the PS5 can do. Now, I like that Sony is investing in this type of game. It's tough, it's different, it's going to make you laugh with delight and cry with loss. I don't really know if I'm the type of player to want to jump back in time and time again on this one, but I'm impressed what Housemark has produced, and if you've got access to a PlayStation 5, I'd recommend checking this one out. So the game was developed by Housemark, it's published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, it's an exclusive to the PlayStation 5, and it was originally released on the 30th of April, 2021. Well, it is already a divisive game, and I'd love to hear what you think, and let me know by signing up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, and let me know what you think of Returnal, I'd love to hear what you make of it. You can sign up at any tier, and send me a comment, and I'll read out your comments next week on the show. Well, that is it for my review of Returnal. Next up, let's have a look at Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, as it's one to watch for 2021. Insomniac and Sony gave us a detailed look at Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart this week, first by revealing the mysterious female Lombax named Rivet, and then the state of play almost entirely dedicated to the game. It's only a few short weeks now until we get our hands on Ratchet and Clank on the 11th of June, so today I'm going to round up all the info we have as we prepare what could be one of the biggest PS5 releases to date. Insomniac Games has been doing a great job for Sony, bringing Spider-Man back into the video game conversation with their near Game of the Year in 2018, followed up by Miles Morales as a launch title for the PS5 in 2020. Sony decided they were doing so well that in late 2019 they added Insomniac to their stable of studios to create exclusive games, and that investment could already be about to pay off in a big way with the release of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. So as well as great gameplay, this one looks to show off all the bells and whistles that the PS5 has to offer. So in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Ratchet and Clank appear to have been separated, with Clank in another dimension in the hands of a female Lombax called Rivet. So the main mechanic in the game will be jumping quickly between dimensions, something that's only really possible on the new hardware powered by that super-fast SSD in the PS5. And this was the immediate feature that drew everyone's attention during the Summer of Gaming event, where Sony's PS5 was introduced. 
And the game appears to have all that classic Ratchet & Clank style gameplay. This is a 3D action platformer with Ratchet & Clank looking to save the day. However, it looks like Rivet is going to be playing a really big part. She's a new playable character. You know, the visuals look absolutely stunning and the world looks full and vibrant. And it's definitely going to be one of the biggest and best PS5 launches so far. So in Rift Apart, we're going to be seeing the return of many classic characters from the Ratchet & Clank franchise. And Ratchet & Clank takes starring roles. We've also got Dr. Nefarious 2 returning from Up Your Arsenal and a crack in time. River is a new character, a fellow Lombax, and she's got a bionic arm. Well, throughout the game, we're going to be jumping across dimensions in an attempt to stop Nefarious' plans. So the Doctor wants to exterminate all life in the universe when all reality is thrown into confusion by the Dimensionator device. And players play both as Ratchet and Rivet through a number of different levels and environments to stop Doctor Nefarious, and Ratchet and Rivet are going to make use of their Rift Tether to quickly jump through portals to new dimensions in just a few seconds. The power and the features of the PS5 is going to be demonstrated throughout the game, with Insomniac developing the game with the PS5 in mind from the ground up. So jumping through dimensions is going to be made possible with a high-speed NVMe storage device in the PS5, and this one is going to allow for instant jumping to new worlds. The DualSense controller will be used in Rift Apart also with a wide variety of weapons available to our Lombax friends. So weapons are going to have dual modes with the adaptive triggers coming into play to control the different firing modes and the haptic feedback is going to be called upon too, much like we've just seen in Returnal. So far, Astro's Playroom and Returnal have been the great showcases for the PS5. However, I'm predicting that Rift Apart is going to pretty much blow away all of these others and be the most popular PS5 game to date shortly after its release. Ray tracing is also going to be used in full effect here to boost the lighting and reflections in the game, which are going to look especially good on all that shining metal and water-covered surfaces. Seeing as Clank himself is metal, he's going to pop that extra 20% on the PS5, there's going to be a performance mode too, which is going to reduce the visuals and allow for a smooth 60 frames per second if you prefer that performance mode. Well, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is set for a release on June the 11th, 2021, and I think it's going to be a big one for Sony and Insomniac. It's going to be showing off the features of the PS5, as well as offering up gameplay mechanics not seen before in regards to jumping quickly and seamlessly between worlds. There's plenty to be excited about Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Well, let me know what you think about Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart on Patreon by signing up on patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. I'd love to hear what you think, and I'll read it out next week on the podcast. We're talking about Patreon to support This Week in Video Games. Check out patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games for benefits like joining the community discussions on podcasts, early access and exclusive content, content voting, and also YouTube and podcast shoutouts. There's also a merch store including t-shirts, hoodies, and all kinds of This Week in Video Games stuff. But watching the videos and interacting down there in the comments is more than enough. But if you want to support This Week in Video Games further, then you can through Patreon and Teespring. Just check out the links down below for more information. Well, that is it for my plug about Patreon. It really does help out the This Week in Video Games content. Really do appreciate all these supporters on Patreon. But next up, let's check out my review of Before Your Eyes. So Before Your Eyes is a new narrative adventure game with a difference, as well as using a mouse, you can blink to control the game. 
The mechanic is more than just a novelty in the powerful narrative game. It's going to take you on a roller coaster of emotions, and it's taking a strong claim to be one of the best games of 2021 so far. Well, in Before Your Eyes, you take on the role of Benjamin Brin. He's already died, and his soul or energy is lingering. In a very Ghost of Christmas Past style, you're invited to relive memories from Ben's past, starting with where he was born. The objective is to impress a character called the Gatekeeper in terms of assessing Ben's quality of life. Much of the game is a lean-back style and you watch the narrative play out. However, when you blink, time will jump forward. You know, maybe it's going to be a day or a week or even years. And the game requires a webcam to be set up to register the blinks. This is easy to do and works surprisingly well. So if playing through the webcam doesn't sound like it's for you, there's good news because it can be played with a traditional input method like a mouse and a keyboard. So when playing, you really have to be conscious of when you blink as time is going to skip forward, sometimes when you don't really want it to. So it can be a feat of endurance, as we don't really ever think about blinking, you know, it's just a natural thing. So as soon as you're forced to focus on the action, it does become quite difficult to control. The game is definitely better with the webcam controls, with the blinking mechanic as it focuses your mind, and it somehow makes the story more immersive. So as well as the blinking mechanic, you can also move your mouse to solve puzzles. The puzzles complement the narrative really well, not offering up barriers, but helping the story flow. There's some really nice examples like playing with the stars or playing a piano, and most interactions are simple, but really, really effective. At its core, Before Your Eyes is a narrative game. It's a really effective one that's going to bring you close to tears. The graphics and the audio give it a light, upbeat feel, but the narrative themes in the game hit hard with topics like depression, the meaning of life and self-worth. So the writing is excellent and it combines with other elements of the game that come together brilliantly to provide a very memorable experience. The game itself isn't too long, maybe one or two hours, so it's easy enough to play through in a single sitting. There's plenty of good characters in Before Your Eyes with Benjamin being the main focus. There's also Ben's close family, including mum and dad. Chloe also features as a neighbour, someone Ben is drawn to and clearly has an emotional attachment. Characters are also well performed. This adds up to a really great user experience in the game. Well, there's choices to be made in the game, but the decisions don't really make an impact on the narrative too much. It's not really one of those games where your decisions have a major telling on the story, but it's more window decoration than narrative control. So due to the game's length, it's easy to go back and play through again to see the other choices, but you'll probably notice the lesser impact on a second playthrough. Before Your Eyes is a really well put together game that innovates in its control and tells a very touching personal story throughout the narrative in the game. Now, it mixes little puzzles and decisions, and while they don't affect the direction of the narrative too much, they do complement the gameplay well. Now, it's not too long, and it's a very memorable experience and a unique little gem that's definitely worth checking out. So Before Your Eyes were developed by Goodbye World Games, published by Skybound Games. It's released on PC via Steam. Originally came out on the 8th of April, 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Before Your Eyes, but next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. Well, at number 10, it's Cyberpunk 2077, down from last week's number 9. Number 9 this week, it's up 3 places from last week's number 12, is Ring for Adventure. Number 8 this week, it's Football Manager 2021, up 19 places from last week's number 27. Number 7 this week, it's Grand Theft Auto 5, down 1 place from last week's number 6. Number 6 this week, it's Minecraft, down 1 place from last week's number 5. 
Number five this week is Maricarte Deluxe, down one place from last week's number four. And number four this week is Animal Crossing New Horizons, down two places from last week's number two. And holding steady at number three, it's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And number two this week is FIFA 21, down one place from last week's number one. And a new entry at number one, it's Near Replicant, version 1.22474487139. So congrats to the team on the release of Near Replicant. Well, that is it for the all-platform charts, but next up, let's have a look at my review of Tetris Effect Connected. Well, Tetris Effect Connected was recently added to Xbox Game Pass, and it's essentially Tetris Effect with a new multiplayer component. It's a great addition to Game Pass, but it's also available on Xbox and PC, plus it's coming to other platforms in 2021. Well, here is a quick reminder about Tetris Effect. So it's Tetris with a layer of visuals and audio stimulation. So there's all kinds of skins and audio tracks that improve the regular Tetris game mode tenfold. And the visuals, they're often fairly trippy, set in space with vibrant colours and often a banging soundtrack. And in a slight difference from regular Tetris, things can speed up and slow down rather than the old-fashioned way of getting faster and faster as time goes by. Well, Tetris Effect is one of the best, if not the best, incarnation of Tetris there is. It's the perfect wind-down game, and you can either spend minutes on it or hours with it. Well, that brings us on to Tetris Effect Connected, and Connected brings you together with two other Tetris players, and together you take on a series of bosses. So as you progress, the bosses get harder, and they're related by the theme of the Zodiac. So in practical terms, what this means is you and your teammates play all Tetris individually and then the boss plays too. So similar to Tetris 99, progress is made by players, i.e. successfully getting rid of lines, and that translates into an attack on your opponent. So when the boss attacks you, this means removing certain sections of your lines and adding more lines and pieces to the bottom. So when you make progress, however, you build up a meter, eventually leading to all three players in the team joining together. And it's this, the all three players join together in a team, it's a really, really fun moment. So at this point, you take it in turns to place pieces and you can see all three at the same time and you can see what your teammates are doing and you have to coordinate between yourselves. So this is the point where things get quite exciting and you work together to try and take down the boss once and for all. Tetris Effect on its own is a great game, but when you put the players together to play together and work with each other to take down a boss, it's a really, really fun experience. So anyone who's played a multiplayer game online will back this up, that when you collaborate like this to achieve a common goal, it is hugely satisfying. So it's also really satisfying that it works so well and seamlessly. Three people get joined up in matchmaking and proceed to tackle essentially a Tetris raid boss together with little communication other than the game in front of you. There's three game modes in Tetris Effect Connected, including Ranked, Play vs. Friends, and also a local multiplayer. And as well as the Connected game mode, there's also other two-player modes, including Zone Battle, Score Attack, and Classic Score Attack. And all modes hold up really well and act as a complement to the main event, which is Tetris Effect Connected. Zone Battle is very full-on, with lots going on all over the screen. It's really, really fast-paced and frantic. I'd say it's probably one for the Tetris experts out there. Whereas Score Attack is a little bit more chilled, where players battle one-on-one, -on -one and there's no way to affect the other player's game board. It's much more in the traditional sense of Tetris. The difference between Score Attack and Classic Score Attack is you have the newer Tetris features, like the ability to hold pieces and hard and soft drops. So Classic Score Attack is much more like traditional Tetris. There's no hard and soft drops, and you don't have any indication 
distribution of where the pieces are going to be falling on the board. Classic Score Attack has the elegance of Tetris Effect with the sound effects, visuals and music, but it's a much more relaxing affair than the other game modes. Tetris Effect Connected has to be the best way to play Tetris, and it builds on some of the great features introduced with the original Tetris Effect. Contained within this multiplayer upgrade is the original game, so if you don't want to touch the new features, then you don't have to, and it's still possible to have a great time and marvel at the music and the visuals while playing a challenging game of Tetris. But the multiplayer opens up a whole new way to play and enjoy Tetris with friends, and it goes from a once solitary game to now being a great online multiplayer experience. I'd heard a lot about how great Tetris Effect is, but I'm really glad I waited to check out Connected as it's a real treat. And I played the game on Game Pass, and if you've got a subscription, I definitely recommend checking it out too. So the developers are Monstars, Resonair, and Stage Games. It's published by Enhance. It's available on Xbox, on Game Pass, PC, and other platforms coming in 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Tetris Effect Connected, and it's a great indie game on Xbox Game Pass. And next up, I want to bring you my top 10 indie games on Xbox Game Pass, because there's some real gems in there, and if you've got an Xbox Game Pass subscription, I definitely recommend checking these top games out. So Xbox Game Pass has great value. You know, on there you can find Microsoft classics like Halo, Gears of War, as well as other Bethesda games like Doom, Fallout and Dishonored. Hidden among the big hitters are some great indie games, and today I want to round up 10 of my favourite indie gems and share them with you. So without further delay, let's dive right into the list. And first up, it's Cyber Shadow. So Cyber Shadow is a new action platformer which harks back to the days of 8-bit games, both in graphical style, but also in its difficulty too. And it takes inspiration from the classic 2D side-scrolling action, its tricky platforming and the precise jumping and platforming. And the gameplay in Cyber Shadow is inspired by Ninja Gaiden for sure. It's your job to navigate the world armed with only a sword to begin with and use jumps and dodges and attacks to remove the enemies from your path. The controls are pretty simple. You can attack and jump and that's pretty much it until you open up a series of power-ups later on in the game. And Cyber Shadow eases you in nice and gentle on the first level but then the difficulty really ramps up as you get past the first stage and enemies are going to attack from the ground, the air, throw projectiles so you're going to have to get your wits about you at all times. Well, next up, we've got Undertale. So Undertale is a game about the aftermath of a war between humans and monsters. And you're a small human dropped into the monster world at the start of the game where you wake up and meet a kindly flower. They want to teach you the ways of the world. But you quickly learn that everything isn't as you expect down here in the monster world. And you're saved by a kindly monster who has your best interests at heart. So... The battle system, much like many other aspects of the game, is different from what you might expect in other RPGs. It changes when you play as different stars, but when you play as a pacifist, you can try to talk your way out of situations, then your opponent attacks you with white pellets aiming for your heart, and it's your job to move out of the way of a kind of bullet-hell dodging manner. So attack enemies, you have to stop a line on a grid to attack at the right time, and it mixes things up in the game and offers little surprises like this all the way through the game. Well, the writing in Undertale is the real star with the depth and the warmth of the characters shining through in spades. The sharp humour, great character building, story reaches along the way that will initially get you hooked, and will warm and break your heart by the end. And the writers really convey a sense of knowing its audience and demonstrating the ability to get inside our heads. The passionate fan base of the game online is a testament to the skill of the writing in Undertale. Next up we've got CrossCode. So CrossCode is an action role-playing game developed by Radical Fish Games and published by Deck 13. 
So the game's development began in 2012 and was later introduced as a crowdfunded project on Indiegogo in early 2015. And CrossCode is a retro-inspired 2D action role-playing game set in a distant future, combining 16-bit Super NES-style graphics with fast-paced combat system and puzzle mechanics. And players control a mute character named Leah as she plays a fictional MMORPG known as Crossworlds. So following a three-year-long early access beta phase, CrossCode was released for Linux, Mac OS and Windows in September 2018 and has been released subsequently on other platforms and CrossCode. If you like Zelda, then this is a really nice little top-down RPG. Really recommend this one from the graphics to the storytelling. It's a really, really well put together package. Well, next up, we've got Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, Plague Tale Innocence is a great story of a brother and sister trying to survive a harsh world. So the game, it looks fantastic. However, the game is fairly straightforward, so it does feel like an old-school game brought to life with Bond technology, and it is absolutely beautiful. The graphics are incredible. The narrative is engaging with some heartfelt moments. I really recommend playing this game if you like single-player narrative-driven stories. But one word of warning, if you don't like rats, you may need to look away at a few moments in this game. Well, next up, we've got Ape Out, and this could be one of the most stylish games you'll play with hits of jazz and colour to the extent that you've never seen before. You know, the concept is simple. Just get that ape out and smash everything that gets in your way. So Ape Out is a game about searching for freedom, and you play as an ape in a top-down world. You have to escape a series of levels, including a research lab, a military base, and ships. The game itself is short, it's sharp, it's snappy. It feels direct with its intent. And the objective of the game is to get out and you'll navigate your ape through corridors, try to stop the guards from shooting you. There's also windows to smash through, doors to rip open and enemies to stop. Or smash just whatever, really, that stops them from shooting you. Well, Ape Out is a procedurally generated game, so every time you go back to the levels, they will be a little bit different. Well, the goals remain the same, but your path to get there may be a little bit different this time. So this kind of game is therefore perfect for a commute, or if you've had a bit of a stressful day and you just want to smash something. It's enjoyable, it's funny, it's got great music and graphics, and I had fun from the moment I picked it up. Now, this was one of 2019's indie gems, and you should definitely check it out. You know, I played it on Nintendo Switch, but it's also available for PC, and of course, on Xbox Game Pass. Well, next up is Katana Zero. So in Katana Zero, you take on the role of a ninja working for a mysterious boss who's sending you out on contracts to take out enemies. There's one hit kill. You have to plan your attacks carefully as one mistake means instant death. You wield a katana and take on rooms full of enemies by running and jumping and creeping through the shadows, sometimes dancing, and take them out one by one. There's a couple of core gameplay mechanics here. So if you die... You go back in time to the start of the level, you probably will die a lot, and once you've planned out your attack and learn the mechanics of the room, you take out all the bad guys. There's also the time mechanic that allows you to slow down time and deflect the bullets to react faster than your opponents. Well, the interesting thing about the game is the scenes in between the action sequences where the character development takes place. You hang out in your apartment, often annoyed by your partying neighbours. You speak to your boss, who acts like your therapist, whilst feeding you drugs you're clearly dependent on, and the character development is definitely unique. The graphics are 2D pixel art, they look great. The music is awesome, with atmospheric sound effects for each level, and from the thumping beats in the club to the classical music in the boss's office, each piece offers up great music that complements the game settings. Well, next up we've got Dead Cells, and Dead Cells is a roguelike metroidvania developed by Motion Twin and levels are procedurally generated, keeping the game feeling fresh each time with random platforms, obstacles, enemies and also items too. So combat in the game feels so good with a fluid and fast feel to the action, a key part of the game, and it really is a key part of the game, just how good it feels. Pixel art is beautiful, fluid, 
Since its initial release, it's won many awards, including Best Indie Game 2018 at the Golden Joystick Awards, Best Action Game. Game Awards 2018, it was nominated for Best Indie Game 2. Well, next up, we've got No Man's Sky. So No Man's Sky is an exploration survival game developed and published by Hello Games. The game is built around four pillars, so exploration, survival, combat and trading. So players are free to perform within the entirety of a procedurally generated deterministic open world universe, which includes over 18 quintillion planets. Through the game's procedural generation system, planets have their own ecosystems with unique forms of flora and fauna and various sentient alien species. They may engage the player in combat or trade within the planetary systems and players advancing the game by mining for resources to power and improve their equipment, buying and selling resources using credits, or by documenting flora and fauna, or otherwise seeking out the mystery around the Atlas, an entity at the centre of the galaxy which serves as the game overarching plot. Well, next up we've got Hollow Knight. So Hollow Knight is a challenging, beautiful action game set in a vast, interconnected underground kingdom of Hallownest. So it's a 2D action game with an emphasis on skill and exploration. Hollow Knight has you fighting a fearsome host of deadly creatures, avoiding intricate traps and solving ancient mysteries as you make your own way through a fungal waste and a forest of bone and ruined underground cities. Now the atmosphere is eerie, sometimes unnerving. There's also a really good-hearted core of humour and levity in there too, especially when conversing with all the weird and wonderful NPCs that you're going to find along the way. Hollow Knight has beautiful traditional art, it's fluid, got responsive action it's challenging but fair and also there's a bizarre insect world just begging to be explored and conquered well now it's time for my number one indie game on xbox game pass and it is celeste so celeste is a skillful platformer that combines a retro art style great music and a hard-hitting story in a winning combination so celeste it was a real surprise to me but it should take pride of place in any gamer's collection so the story of Celeste is one of its many assets. It's the story of a girl who wants to climb Celeste Mountain, and the main protagonist, Madeline, clearly has a lot going on and confides in Theo, a fellow traveller she meets early on in her journey. And Madeline's going through some tough times with her mental health and reveals in a phone call with her mum that she suffers panic attacks. However, she's determined to prove to herself that she can conquer her demons and overcome this huge obstacle that's in front of her. So at the base of the mountain, Madeline meets an old woman who warns her that along the way she's going to see things that may confuse her and Celeste Mountain has strange effects on those who try to scale the highest peaks. So early on in the game, as Madeline passes a mirror, she sees a reflection of herself who breaks free and chases her. And her evil reflection is always putting her down, saying she's not good enough and is the physical manifestation of that little voice in Madeline's head. Well, Celeste is a great game, and I definitely recommend it to anyone who enjoys video games. The game feels great, it rewards players, and combines great story beats with gorgeous art and excellent music. Well, that is it for my top 10 list of indie games on Xbox Game Pass, and I hope you find something in there that you really like. And that's not to mention other great games like Streets of Rage 4, Into the Gungeon, Subnautica, Downwell and Hotline Miami, plus many, many more too. It's tough to pick a top 10, but hopefully there's some ideas in there for you. And if you need a change from the big AAA releases, I definitely recommend picking one of those up. Well, that is it for my look at the top 10 indie games on Xbox Game Pass. But next up, let's have a look at what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So on May the 4th, we've got a few games. We've got Sari, The Beginning, that's coming out on PC. We've got The Colonists, that's coming out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Switch. On the 6th of May, we've got Skate City. That's coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X. PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. On the 7th of May, we've got the big one. It's Resident Evil Village. 
It's coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. Then on the 10th of May, we've got Hood, Outlaws and Legends. That's PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. On the 13th of May, we've got a couple of games. We've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Wrath of the Druids DLC. That one's coming on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia and PC. Also on the 13th, we've got Monster Harvest coming out on PC. Then on the 14th, we've got a few games. We've got Before We Leave on PC. Famicom Detective Club, The Girl Who Stands Behind, that's on Switch. Famicom Detective Club, The Missing Air, that's also on Switch. We've got Mass Effect Legendary Edition, that's PS5. Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. We've also got Subnautica coming to Switch. And finally, we've got Subnautica Below Zero coming to PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Well, that is it for this week's episode. And if you want to get involved in the show, get in contact through patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames or check out the latest on the website. That's thisweekinvideogames.com. So send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories. More is interested in hearing from you and I'd love to read them out on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for listening or watching and for more This Week in Video Games content like this, like, subscribe on YouTube and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description. You can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Well, thanks again. I'll see you soon.